You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. Hello and welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm C.C. Broadus, joined by my two favorite turkeys in the world, Mr. Alan Schneider. Gobble, gobble. How you doing there, pal? And Mr. Brandon Jaggers. How you doing, buddy? Evening, everyone. Okay, we're down to the final weekend at Churchill Downs. And this hasn't been the year that we wanted it to be, but we're going to finish it with a bang. We're going to try to pick some winners. And we're going to start with the Friday card highlighted by the $500,000 Clark Handicap, uh, led by horses like Code of Honor, By My Standards, and Mr. Freeze. Looks like it's going to be a really, really fun event, uh, especially a fun event to wager on. Uh, and for this particular podcast, we decided to go out and get some handicapping prowess. And I think we've done that in the form of Will Nefsker and Rob Benefield. Uh, Will, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thank you. And Rob, you are you there? I am. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's start with Will first. So uh, I just met Will over the weekend. Uh, we were uh, two weekends ago at, uh, in the gold room at Churchill Downs. And uh, uh, immediately uh, we realized that he's uh, he knows what he's doing when it comes to wagering. Uh, he, he hit the pick five that day, as a matter of fact, I think for the tune of uh, to the tune of twenty five hundred dollars. And uh, it, it, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Will, uh, uh, the, you know, this game inside and out, I'd say. Right. Well, you may be giving me a little bit more credit than I deserve, but I feel like I have a pretty good grip on things sometimes. Sometimes I don't, though. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the, the way you handicap. I, I heard you mention uh, in a conversation that uh, you like to build equity in your plays. And I've heard one other person talk like that, and that, I'm not quite sure where you're coming from on that. Cause I, I, could you explain that to me so I could I, I, just – curious uh your explanation on that because that, that's something i've been trying to work on is my pick four and pick five plays and i'm, I'm not had a, a very good year of, uh, at that yet uh will could you could you explain to me the the uh definition of building equity in your in your play yeah so like you said it's uh, it comes into um into play on the multi multi-race wagers and mainly you know i, I mainly play pick five and um and then look for you know carryovers on pick sixes um but my main plays are pick fives and what i'm talking about when when i say i'm building equity is basically not playing defensively but playing offensively or playing aggressively and not being afraid to lose if, it, if that's what it means and so a lot of times you know the way i started out uh, was basically pretty much probably just like any other, any other handicapper, which was um, going through the sequence and just trying to pick the winners or the most likely winners of each race. Um, but what you run into is that if you are, you're equating um, some longer prices with shorter prices in, in any particular leg, um, which is not, and I'll kind of get to this later on, but it's, that's not a bad thing necessarily, but if you're doing that in every single leg, then you are essentially um, you're burning cash and you're not you're not um, you're not building equity. And what I mean by that, and playing aggressively and offensively, and you're playing defensively when you're doing that, is if you you go through the sequence and you have a strong opinion on a horse, let's say, in one particular leg. And it's a, you know, maybe a five, six, seven, maybe even a 10 to one. Um, if you have a strong opinion on that horse, um, but there's also a Chad Brown horse that you just don't want to beat you in that leg. And you can go ahead and, and you, so you go ahead and include it and play defensively. That's where uh, building equity comes into play. You go with your opinion, um, leave the, horse that you are scared might beat you out and make that make that race your hurdle race and you may find that you've got more than one strong opinion in, in the sequence you may find that you have no strong opinions in the sequence and if that's the case you should probably pass on the sequence but if you go through the sequence and you find at least one race where you've got a strong opinion 
on a horse that's not going to be uh, a favorite, uh, this, or, or, you, or you have it, or you find an overlay. Um, try to beat the favorite. If you find a, a well, or if you find a vulnerable favorite, you play against that vulnerable favorite, or the not necessarily a vulnerable favorite even, but a horse that's going to be underlaid. In other words, you know, at Churchill Downs, um, right now, if you go through a sequence, pretty much any horse that's trained by Mike Maker because he's so hot, or Brad Cox because of his, you know, all of his success, is probably going to be underlaid for the most part. Well, um, and and for instance, in that in that pick five that I hit, you just talked about on uh, a couple Sundays ago, um, in the first leg, I played against the Brad Cox horse. I didn't I, I didn't use that horse. It was the favorite. That was Explorer. Um, Right, right. And um, so I chose to try to beat the underlaid horse, um, and, 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 and it worked out. And so in that way, I built equity into my ticket. I, I got over that hurdle. That was my hurdle race. Um, and then from there, and you only have to do it in one leg. You can do it in more than one leg, but you, you only have to do it in one leg, and then you can feel free in the other legs. Once you get past your hurdle, your hurdle leg, you can um, you can feel free to go ahead and play just the most likely winners because you've already built you've already built that hurdle, if you will, and built that equity into your ticket. I oh, completely agree. I, the, uh, I love it. I, that was very well very well explained, Will. Yeah, Will. I think you we could best describe you as a contrarian. Uh, is, uh, do you limit your plays to exclusively pick fours and pick fives, or do you branch out if you like a horse that, you know, like a seven or eight to one single, will you hammer that horse to win too? Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I would say, you know, I'll go, I'll go and look at my twin spires account from time to time and just like filter out, you know, the certain types of wagers. And, um, and I never really, you know, track of it that well other than going and looking every now and then and win bets are some of my best plays and i don't even know it you know until i go look at it so yeah um i you know if i find if i find something that i think that's overlaid in a win pool yeah i'm playing it okay. or if i find a sequence of you know two races in a row where um i have strong opinions in two races and um and i, I think there's value there i'll, I'll hammer a double you're pretty selective in your plays too. You won't necessarily yeah. play every weekend, right? I won't play every race and not necessarily play every card. No. So that's different from me and Brandon. We will, we'll hammer the, the, the all 11 races and, and, and the, yeah. and, and the race to the parking lot. <laughs> I like yeah. that. That's funny. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so uh, I love, I love driving home and I'm like, Hey, I got the double let's go. <laughs> well, guys, guys uh, Brandon or Alan, you got any more questions for uh, for Will? No, I, I spoke with Will a couple weeks ago, and I I um, I, I was in awe of listening to him. Uh, I, I felt there were some similarities between he and I. I think he has more successful similarities uh, than myself, but I feel like we 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 kind of think along the same ways. But I think he's got a lot more, uh, probably a lot more success in his tool bag than I do. But uh, I want we we did want to have Will on because we really enamored with the way he plays well will's the type of guy i think you want to hang out with at the racetrack because you can pick up a lot i think the same way with you alan i think now brandon not so much but uh, will oh, we love just <laughs> just the uh, you know your, your handicapping tenants that you, you go by i mean i think we could all uh we could all use those and, and probably do a little bit better with our with our uh, plays i mean like i said I've, I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm, i think i'm getting worse at it just just because i think i'm <laughs> I'm old and stubborn, but uh, don't listen to him. He's good. He's good. He knows his stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. In my two cents with Will, you know, especially this past year and maybe a, a previous year is, you know, there might be a lot of people winning one day, but Will's pretty quiet. And then when everybody else has been quiet and shut out, Will is alive to major, major. <laughs> That's outcome. right. That's right. And, you yeah. know, and I think he, I think he loves that position. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we've, we've been a part of, he's been a part of some of my, my, some of my biggest scores together, even at my house, uh, even in 2020, uh, early this year in January. And I've seen some, 
that where I thought he was going to take down Churchill Downs. It was taking pools of pick fives. Nice. One or two other people uh, that could have been even close. And one in particular when we're sitting in my screen at porch. So uh, when everybody else is dead, think about Will. He's probably alive on a (laughs) table. That's true. All right, so let's uh, uh, Will hang on with us. We're going to go over this card here in just a minute. Uh, but sure. first, we want to talk to to Will Benefield and uh, Rob Will, Benefield. We, Rob Benefield. Did I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting everybody confused. I'm like I'm worse than those Charles Fifty horses that mishmash all the <laughs> sires and dams. I'm sorry, Rob Benefield. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing well. You know, listening to the conversation, I laugh about you know, Brandon saying that. Will's going to be uh, alive when everybody else is dead, and he was over there hammering a nine to five when I saw him at the track. So I, I don't, I'm not used to. I'm not, I don't think he's a contrarian at all. <laughs> nice. He was excited about his twenty four dollars. So we met. Uh, I got to meet Rob uh, well the same day at the at the Gold Room, and uh, he, he's one of those guys you want to hang out with too. He's always, you know he's got uh, got opinions on everything, and and that's what you need when you're at the racetrack. Uh, Rob, you're hooked up though with uh, Franklin Avenue Equine. And I think you've got some shares of some horses uh, with them. Uh, your trainer's Jason Barkley. Uh, describe your experience so far with Franklin Franklin Avenue. Uh, it's been it's been great. Uh, we started out with um, I was I was with them in a group that we're going to do a claiming venture, and we had a couple of horses we started running last fall. And you know, with the races getting shut down, the uncertainty of whether we we're going to be able to run them or not, we just went ahead and and uh, and let them get claimed out, and we shut down that group but while that one was still going on i jumped in with uh two fillies that we got at the sale a year ago at keeneland and we put them in training with the and the plan was to debut them at keeneland um, last spring which you know that didn't go so we ended up debuting uh ellis park i believe or no, churchill downs in ellis park i get confused uh, with, with two of them running uh, but it's been a great experience. Uh, my, it's my first full ownership group, um, uh, and, and running running with them, and it's been it's been a blast going to the track and cheering them on. Or, and you know, our moonshine dancing. She won first out. Um, limited seating that day, so I didn't get to go to the track. I watched oh. her from home and was was rooting at home. You probably heard me uh, wherever <laughs> you were in, in the three in the three county area. Uh, but, you know, our other filly, um, ambitiously placed. Uh, She's had uh, two or three seconds, couple of fourths. Um, she'll get there. We're finding the right spot for her. We're trying to get her to run Sunday. We'll see if that race goes or not. Jason has some uh, luck with uh, he'll he'll hit one at Turfway in between shipping uh, to Oakland. Uh, any any chance maybe we see Moonshine Dancing show up there? Uh, nope. Moonshine Dancing is laid up for the winter. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and rest her, and we're gonna go. Uh, go make some money with her and uh, watch her win a few more down um, at Oakland. Yeah, no, uh, we may see AP. It just depends on how eight, if we get into this race Sunday or not and how things go. We don't, we don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, we'll you're right. J- Jason is a, Jason does like to do layup uh, on his way to Oakland. If he's still got one, one or two ready to run, he'll take them up there to Turfway. What made you decide to get into a partnership like this? Um, the well, money is a big part of it, you know. You, you can, it's you know, I, I, um, I, I wasn't looking to go and lay out the thirty thousand dollars myself plus the, the monthly fees to, to get one running. Um, so it, 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 it makes it so somebody that is in my financial position can be in an ownership group. Um, I know you, you've has a you had somebody on here last week or the week before. It was part of Starlight, right? You know, I'll never see that. I'll never be involved in that group, um, way outside of what I can play with. But yeah, it was a. It's what it's about. It's about affordability. You know, you you put together a group of people that that can, um, you know, run run through a hundred thousand dollars a year as a group, and you can keep a couple of horses running, or you know, whatever that number may be. It makes it affordable so that we we can all go out and enjoy. The, uh, the ownership experience and it's a blast I, I look forward to doing it again so as a handicapper what type of what type of wagers do you like to look at pick fours or are you a win place guy or, or exact a trifecta what, what do you like to do um all of it uh, i'm still <laughs> trying to find my way honestly uh um I, I went to my 
not my first horse race, but uh, my fiance um, has been an, uh, an owner for a while and she's been to every derby for as long as I think uh, when she was a senior in high school was the first one she went to. So it's, she's been going for a long time and she got me to my first derby in 2019 and I was hooked. And we started, we went to the track every day last summer or the summer before last. And it just, I just find in my way still, um, you know, using other people's handicapping skills while, while learning along the way. And, um, it's been a blast. Um, you know, I went back and looked at my twin spires account and threw the sp spreadsheet into a pivot table and to see, uh, what my, my wagers looked like and my most profitable are win bets, um, similar to Will of actually surprised whenever he said that uh, my, my most profitable are win bets. Um, I do like the, I think my next profitable is exactus. Um, not real good at the pick four, pick five yet, but I'm working on it. I'm really my working um, on the, <laughs> what's your twin spire say? Negative. My twin spires <laughs> count is overdrawn. So <laughs> you can do that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I've, been real, I've been really working on ticket structure. Um, and, and talking to guys like Will and learning how to set up tickets. Um, you know, I played a, a $36 pick six today. Um, and I would have had to add in two legs and to, to, to catch it. And I missed. So I had a $36 learning experience. But, you know, trying to be a little bit contrarian while playing logicals and not spreading um, in every leg to try to catch every possibility. You know, you... Will, when we were standing in the gold room that day, Will said, you know, you got to be willing to lose. Mm -hmm. you, you can't play afraid, otherwise you're right. going to go broke. I yeah, completely agree I, with that. I, I agree. I, that's a, I'll, I'll be honest, that's a problem I have. I bet every race like it's going to be the last one forever. You know, it's like like <laughs> they, don't have a, they don't have a new set the next day. You know, I, that's <laughs> an issue. Seriously, that's an issue I deal with. I just, you know, it, it just – leaving money on the table is a fear of mine, which is just, it's, it's a garbage rule to go by. So I'm still learning even at 45, I've got a, I got a long way to go. So, uh, guys, let's, uh, let's talk about Churchill's Friday card. This, this is always a favorite card of mine because I'm, I'm usually off work and I get to go to the track and I'm going to try to make it this year, but, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you all what you want to do. Do you want to talk about uh, the late pick five starting with race seven, or you just want to skip that race? That doesn't look like a very fun race to me. You just want to go to, to eight and, and talk about the late pick four? Well, let's see what people have to think here. Uh, well, you know, I was going to say, if we do the pick five, we may as well do the pick six because race six is a single. Oh, well, then. Oh, well, there you go. go. There you go. All right. Let's hear All right, well, uh, Rob, uh, let's go with the, uh, race six as a, as a single, he says. Here, here's the play of the day, apparently. So, Rob, who do you got in race six? Uh, race six, ship it. Uh, class drop yep. and a cutback. It, it's, just, it's, a, it's the classic angle. You're going you're gonna to class drop down, and you're going to cut back into a sprint, and that horse is just going to romp. Oh, you're not, oh, you're not concerned about, uh, you know, five and a half is fairly sharp. Is, is, that, is that an issue at all? No, I mean, that horse is ready. You'll be fine. Okay, uh, Will, do you have any opinion on race six? I don't. Um, I have I handicapped the late pick five uh, for the podcast, so I didn't even I haven't even looked at six yet. So yeah, that's, that's my bad opinion. Brandon, what about you? I thought Greg's Foley's outside Andrea's Angel uh, looked to be in really good form. First time starter, uh, you get flow on the mount. I think you know coming from the outside on that type of sprint, sometimes they're dangerous, but uh man I, just me and maiden claim and five and a half it's scary but i really i mean rob's right i mean this horse looks like it should dust him. yeah one thing on foley's horse is uh his first time starters i've learned over the years if they take money they're live i mean and they will take money if they are live because uh uh you know apparently it's a it's a small community on the backside word gets out but uh <laughs> So that's something you want to look at. If if the horse opens up two to one, three to one, I think you want to include her. What about you, Alan? You got anything in race six? I, I don't have a strong opinion. I, I, I tend to, to agree with Rob that the one to beat is ship it, even on that that drastic of a turn back uh, because you know the last race, some of these uh, maiden races at Churchill, the routes haven't been great in the straight maiden company, but that last one, that's Clarier and super quick, a couple of nice horses and. 
and Chip was right there with him. It's it's a matter of is it, a five and a half in his wheelhouse. I, I think he's probably the one to beat. Again, I don't have a strong opinion here, so let's all cheer Rob on with this bold proclamation <laughs> of his. All right. <laughs> Rob, since you got us into this, uh, race seven is a starter allowance, mile and a 16th on the dirt. Uh, let's assume you hit this. Uh, hit this. Well, let's assume you don't hit the single and you have to play a pick five. Where are you going to go in race seven? Um, a little, you know, slightly contrary. I'll go Tonal Vision. The uh, go to the outside is the number nine horse. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, moved into the Maker Barn here. Yeah, making third start for the for the new barn, and uh, last time finished third for that uh, one at a thirty thousand nine winners of two. Uh, Will, where are you at in, in race seven? I've got the five, six, eight, and nine um, as the the horses I'm going to use in that leg. I um, and, and I'll, I, another thing I'll tell you is I, I filter out the morning line uh, when I'm handicapping, so I don't know what the odds what the morning line is on the on these races. I would assume that eight would be the favorite. I don't know if somebody's got the morning line there, but. Uh, actually, the uh, seven Grayson's Macho Gal is is five to two. Is that right? Okay. And stripping is nine to two. Um, yeah, well, I, then then eight may be if if that's the case. If eight's going to be nine to two, then that's the play. Stripping. Mm. Yeah, she comes off a really romping victory. The money came late on that so, on that filly too in her yeah. last start. Uh, very uh, visually impressive. Gap Leon sticks um, there and and picks that one over the nine tunnel vision. Um, it's you know, going uh, sprint around, projects as part of the pace. Uh, but with the speed inside, perhaps maybe gets a stalking trip. And right now, I think that the outside part of the track at Churchill, of course, it's, you know, it's it rained today. It's rained a couple days over the past week. So, you know, we'll have to see how um, how that changes things. But the, that trip, the outside stalking trip, has been uh, a winning trip at, at Churchill this meet. Um, and I just, yeah, I think visually impressive, look great out, full run, big step up, and first time, first time around two turns, but um, I think the eighth got a big shot. What about you, Brandon? You know, I'm I'm with Will to some extent. I put that as my a horse, but I'm going outside the tunnel vision myself. You got Maker and Ricardo Santana. Uh, I think this is the right level for the horse. Uh, the stretch out seems to probably favor this horse a little bit I, they've only tried it one time and that's with a different barn so I, I like it but man stripping is is definitely my other a horse as well as grayson's macho gal the seven so i'm playing three here alan uh i tend to be in agreement with pretty much everybody on here uh i'm a big fan of stripping i love the last race at king i think with uh <laughs> can you not hear me <laughs> I think one of my I you're a big there. fan. Of, oh, the horse. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Well, oh, well, yeah, both, I suppose, or whatever. Uh, if you saw the last race at Keeneland, this horse just went by him with ease. It was a nothing field, I will tell you that. There was nothing in yeah. that race. And Gap Leone, it came down between tonal vision and stripping for me. But, you know, Gap Leone sticks with, uh, with uh, stripping, so... You, you got to think that maybe he liked what he saw first time out. Uh, the A's would be both stripping and tonal vision to me. Uh, I do think you got to include Grayson's macho gal. Uh, there's a couple others in here, but I would lean heavily on the eight and the nine in that order. Okay, let's turn to race eight. This is an allowance race, uh, A other than going to mile on the 16th. Uh, all these races, of course, are going to be on the dirt. And it looks like the favorite is going to be. I think this is a vulnerable favorite. I, I'm guessing Will's going to pick against this filly. Number six, Tempers Rising. She's five to two on the morning line. She's one out of 13, and she's been the beaten favorite several times. Will, I'm guessing you're not going to use the favorite. Uh, no, I am using the I am using the six in this race, but I'm also <laughs> using um, the two and the five. Uh, the Five quite, uh, quite dignity, and you know, there's you look through this card in the last race and in this race, you see horses. You know, so this is a this is a horse that's never made a, a start in the dirt, but as we know, um, where there's no turf races right now, at Churchill Downs. So 
are these horses, you know, so now you're trying to figure out, are these horses just looking to get a start, you know, mm-hmm. and run, um, or are they meant, are they well meant for the dirt? Um, you know, and with, with the five quite, quite dignity, uh, you look at the, just looking at the last few races, she's been keeping very good company. Uh, the question is, is the form going to transfer? Um, you've got one of the hottest, you got the hottest trainer at the meet maker with, with Santana, um, in the irons. So you have to think that, uh, you know, I, you have, you have to wonder is my, is, is maker just putting this horse in there just to get a start because there's no turf races or is it well meant? Um, and I think you're going to, you're going to, I think it's worth using that horse because of the company it's kept and the possibility that it could jump up and run a good, good race on the turf on the dirt rather. All right, Rob. Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I served up a, a softball to Will, and he, he, he fouled it off my forehead with, uh, <laughs> with tempers rising. Uh, Rob, let's go to you. Who do you like in race eight? Well, um, I, I'm ca- handicapping as well without the, the morning line, and I think we're going to get a price here on long pants required because oh. one won the maiden last out. But if you look at the speed rating, a 93 at a mile and three sixteenths, so you're cutting back a quarter, right? And and that was a dirt win. I I think that's a good one to play. So I've got it included. I've got the uh, I used initials here. Let me scroll down one second to the names. Uh, I use quiet dignity, temperatures right, uh, tempers rising, and long pants required. Okay, this race looks like it's come up fairly weak for the level. Brandon, uh, where, who do you like in uh, in the eighth race? Well, I don't know why I'm being the contrarian here, but I'm going all the way outside. Uh, my last first kiss. Uh, I, I mean, the thing about it, the first start back almost on this uh, after a six-month layoff, you know, it, it really didn't do much, but I think he needed that race, and it was a six furlong. So I, I don't know what the morning line is either. I don't have those PPs, but I'm taking a shot here with uh, Geraldo Corrales on the mount. Throw out the last race. If this horse brings the form from Gulfstream back and can carry that a mile and a sixteenth, I, I mean this is a this is a definite include that I'm I'm making on any pick pick six, uh, pick five and pick four, and then I'm coming up at the very top to O Serafina. Only reason why is uh, my goddaughter. The only goddaughter I have is her name is Serafina. <laughs> Well done. Name play. <laughs> All right, Alan. Uh, let's wrap up race eight. Who do you like here? Well, first shout out. My last first kiss is owned by my uh, friend uh, Lee Anderson, who will be at the track to cheer her horse on. Uh, we'll see if the horse can get to the winner's circle. As far as who I think wins the race, unlike UCC, I do like Tempers Rising for the first time ever. I usually go against this horse and think the horse actually fits here. Uh, I'm not saying it's the selection. But that last race, she just there was no pace. Ran second of market rumor around the track. Uh, this horse's best race is figure against, as you mentioned, a weak bunch. So I think you would have to use tempers rising. The points Will made about quiet dignity. That second to luck money, if that transferred to dirt, uh, that would win this race. I am surprised. Uh, well, outside of Brandon, no one really mentioned Old Serafina. I think you have to use Old Serafina just as an X factor. Uh, the Oakland form is fantastic. The horse actually won twice as a maidens because of the whole Joe Sharp fiascos and uh, second to Taraz. Problem is, uh, the return race was not good. But that said, speed could go a long way in here. So I would lean to tempers rising and with a nod to old Serafina. And, of course, you know, there's Brad Cox there, too, so you'd have to keep that in mind. But I, I, I like I – like, the favor i hate to say it but i like the favor more than anyone else yeah i i i tend to give a second look to old serafina i think uh, last time yeah. I, they just gave her one and she was really under pressure early from the gate i think she was down on the inside and you know sprinting at keeneland you not necessarily want to be down down on the rail and i think she uh they they, they gave her one there and you know she she ran for about a half mile and quit so i think uh That'll tighten her up, and she'll be better this time stretching out. But let's go to race nine, an allowance. Hey, can, I, can, I, can, can I jump yeah. back in for, uh, yeah. for um, yeah, of course on, on race eight? Um, no, nobody. Uh, Alan just touched on uh, on her a little bit, but nobody really talked about it. Was the two uh, Villanelle? Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, so that that's a dangerous horse in this race. Um, and and I want to say also, I you know, and you say I found I found the pitch off of your head. I'm gonna I, let me let me just say I'm giving you the, the horses the way I handicap the race, not necessarily my ticket construction. That's going to come later on. Now, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at the you know at the odds on the horses and 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 that kind of thing. So. Um, so what I'm giving you is basically how I just handicap the race without the morning line, that's the benefit of the morning line or anything. Um, so that being said, number two, Villanelle, three to four wide the entire time, um, that last race out at Keeneland, going up the same distance, mile and 16, except when leaving the, the far turn, she got collared and then dug in very gamely and, and won that race. The post position should give her a better trip, and I think she's going to, I, I think this horse, the Curlin, um, is going to uh, improve um, over that next start, and I think I think that horse could be set to run a big race. High price horse too, three hundred thousand dollars and paid for it. So, and scratched out of the uh, the race two two races when we were all there at the Gold Room. Uh, mm-hmm. This one scratched out of that race with uh, the the bang bang uh, photo finish between a uh, right. uh, Ocean Breeze and. The, right. the ass messing horse. So that horse scratched out of that spot too. Right. All right. Anything else you, you guys want to add to race eight before we turn I the think, page? I think uh, Rob made a good point about Long Panther Cry. That horse has been kind of a disappointment throughout his career, but he did wake up last time. So, you know, maybe the dirt is, is what this horse wants to do. So there are worse horses to put on your, on your uh, ticket. That's for sure. Well, that's the yeah. That's a light bulb angle. We yeah. race nine times, and then the tenth time you win. Then the then the filly figures out how to win. Yeah, if so, Serafina is your X factor, then the Long Pants Acquired is your light bulb factor in this race. Yeah. I agree. You're, you're going to get rewarded if she hits. That's for mm-hmm. sure. So, uh, let's go to race nine as allowance optional claimer. Non-winners of uh, ten thousand dollars three times other than maiden claimer starters. So you're going to get the old heavy hitters here, the the veterans, and. Number eight, looking at bikinis, is two to one on the morning line for Chad Brown, Tyler Gaffione. This horse had some high hopes uh, as a three-year-old. He won his first two starts and then finished third in the Curling Stakes and then finished 11th of 12 in the Travers, and now he's trying to work his way back up the ladder. looks like uh, last time off a layoff, he finished fifth as a two-to-one favorite behind Strike That and Hog Creek Hustle at Keeneland. Will, we're going to start with you again. And where did you land in race nine? Now I'm going to make you happy. <laughs> I am playing absolutely against um, the eight. Looking yes. at bikini. Absolutely playing against. And um, this is, a, okay, so this is, this is just what I'm talking about. You've got a horse with, uh, that's trained by a trainer who, is, who normally is massively um, underlaid. And... This horse will probably, and you've got the you've got the, the neat leading jockey riding the horse, so you're going to see this horse take a probably it's going to be the favorite um, and take a bunch of money. This is the spot where I think you can build equity in your pick four or pick five ticket um, or pick three if you're paying, playing that. I landed on the one four and seven, and I might even single um, the four Hog Creek Hustle. Um, what I'm looking at, again, what I'm looking at is just is the running styles of these horses and how I think the track is playing right now. That could change, you know, obviously you're going to watch it tomorrow um, and, and early on Friday to see how it's playing. But I am playing basically horses coming off the pace um, and more specifically, even those that are set up to come on that outside trip. Um, the one has the right style, probably not the right post position. Um, has some some bad class ran a great ran a pretty decent race there in the in the ag ag coming back at the same distance um and you know hog creek hustle um always fires the most he's the most reliable horse in this field um you can um the the, the breeders cup sprint race um terrible post position got hung, you know was out there wide um and you know just didn't have a he ran okay. He ran decent, but he was just not. He just he didn't get the trip, and he was not going to get the trip in that race. Um, and then Royal Mesa, the seven. Um, just looking back at that last race, he ran against uh, a, 
a really good field. I mean, you get two horses that are running in the Clark, right? The Silver Prospector Multiplier. Um, and he he's coming down the stretch, and he got stymied really uh, really bad in the stretch, and still ran on and ran. I thought really decent race. And so those horses, those three horses, I think fit the profile of horses that can win this race. Um, and I might even single Hog Creek Hustle. All right, very interesting. Uh, Rob, on race nine, where where are you? Are you spreading or singling, or what what, what are you doing here, bud? Uh, uh, I was going to play Hawkrete Hustle and Signalman were my two plays. Looking at bikinis, I think is vulnerable, so I was just going to play those two. Hawkrete Hustle is almost a single for me, but I like to add in Signalman as well. That's um, the second King McPeak horse that you've picked. Are you you a McPeak fan? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really root for a particular trainer except for Jason Barkley when he's you know <laughs> training one training one of my fillies. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, Brandon, I tell you what, I've been on single man for a long time. This horse is uh, going to have every every ticket I have. Uh, single man's coming back on the ticket. Uh, you get a good cutback in this horse. I think it's it's well deserved. It wants something shorter, especially after going long last time. The speed really fits here. Uh, but listening to Will on the Hog Creek Hustle, I mean this this horse is coming out of a Breeders' Cup Sprint race, and you're dropping into this optional allowance. I mean, he's right. I I really I hate to say it, but he is right. This horse has got great form. Had a tough post, an incredibly tough post there at Keeneland, 12-hole. Ends up rallying to get seventh, only five lengths back from Whitmore. And, you know, Whitmore kind of won by like three or four lengths over the field, which I was very shocked. And, CC, we were together that day, and I was very shocked about that. Uh, but, you know, it, it's that it's fun to, to talk about. But my big, my big long shot play is, and I have no idea what the, the morning line is, uh, is thirst for life with uh, Chris Landeros and Wesley Hawley. I think this this horse could probably get underneath, throw out the last and at, at here, you know, at Churchill, uh, just being outrun and and just done early, just throw it out. And if he comes back to the Akak form, uh, going that mile, I think you got something underneath for sure. So those are going to be my three plays. Alan, do you want me to just give out your <laughs> plays because I know where you're. Man, or do you want to do it? Ahead, I can do it ahead, for you. Go, go ahead and do it for me. This is well, the I like Invitational. <laughs> I like number one, Thirst for Life. I'm a big fan. I've got a poster of Wesley Holly on my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and this Keep horse, he, he he loves a one turn mile, and yeah. I think he's going to get the trip, and Landry else is going to find a hole, and I think he's got a shot. My other horse I like is Home Base. Now he's 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 got a he he's been claimed. Off of my other man crush trainer, Mike Tomlinson. <laughs> he's going to Peter Miller, and this horse is he's, he's good at the right level, and I think he's going to hit here today. Am I right? I'm done. I don't have to say anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could pos- uh, let me th- I'll make one addendum to that. Is I wish Miguel Mena was on Thirst for Life at the one turn mile. With that, uh, he knows how to take the horse to the inside. He's 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 got it pretty good, y'all. That's a pretty good impersonation. It's like listening to Rich Little, uh, quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs> uh, if I could, he hit every point I would have just said. Although I do wish Mike Tomlinson still had home base. In in all seriousness, I don't know what to do with home base in this spot. He this is his one turn. Uh, venue, but Peter Miller gets it. The horse is going the wrong way. I thought the horse needed a layup, to be honest with you, after his recent bad efforts. But Peter Miller gets him, so I'm not going to say anything negative or about that. But because of that, you might want to use the horse. I mean, I don't want to, you know, we all know that, point. right? I think, you know, we, I think it's telling that they, that, you know, like your horse Thirst for Life is being risked for an $80,000 tag. They did not, they're not risking home base for a tag here. Now I don't. Yeah, he he, did, he wouldn't fit the conditions otherwise, but you know they they could have found another spot for him. So apparently they like him. Yeah, but home base is you know the, if you know the horse, the horse can signal to you when he's running his best efforts. At least he could for Tomlinson. I, after his last two efforts, I'm like, okay, this horse needs to just take the winner off, and then they bring him right back for Peter Miller. So and he gets as Will's alluded to, he's going to get that trip on the outside. Actually, it's the trip home base likes is that uh, 
sitting on the outside. That said, I mean, it's a complete guessing game. But if with that trainer with the claim, it might be worth guessing at 10 to 1. Uh, but I'm also with Will. I think looking at the Keenies is very vulnerable in here. I, 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 don't, I would not use the horse. It's a shame when you were you, playing a horse called Stripping earlier that you're not going to use looking at bikinis. <laughs> but uh, uh, Dobble, I think Dobble's a, tur- a poly track horse. This might be a prep for something, a turf way. I do think Hog Creek Hustle is, is probably the one to beat, but it goes back to that old uh, adage, horses dropping out of the Breeders' Cup, do you want to play them on the, on the plan B plan? Is this horse prepped for this race? He may not. He may not be his ideal spot, but he still may be the best horse in the race. So, long story short, the two he made fun of me about, I would definitely use. <laughs> uh, Thirst for life and, and home base. Signal man, maybe signal man might be in better form than we think he is. You might be able to toss that mile and five eighths uh, marathon. So I would use Thirst for life, signal man, Hog Creek hustle, and uh, the aforementioned super stud home home base. Yeah, Maker's in the race, too, by the way. Yeah, uh, he's on, let's see, Maker has the three empty tomb. Horse is probably going to go off a price. They're shipping this horse in from New York. But uh, uh, before we go to the big, uh, to the main event, uh, anybody got anything else you want to add to race nine? I I would like to ask Will something real quick. Um, What do you think about that? Because we're going to touch on here in a moment with the Clark coming up, Will. What do you think about horses that prep for the breed, that aim for the Breeders' Cup, don't perform particularly well, then they usually end up on Clark Day at Churchill three weeks later. Do you do you usually are you for those horses? Are you against those horses in general, or what do you think? Um, I, you know, no, nothing really hard and fast. I think it, it just depends, and um, you know, just like any other any other race. I mean, if it looks like that they were compromised for some reason in that race and didn't run particularly well, looking at the running line, um, you know, it's you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me, but, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, in the past, uh, horses come out of the Breeders' Cup Classic and, and win the Clark Handicap. At, uh, yeah. FNX. I think Seeking the ago. Soul did, didn't he? Seeking the Soul. I, I don't, did he run in the Breeders' Cup Classic the year he won the Clark? He might run in the Dirt Mile, possibly. Dirt Maybe mile? that's right. Okay, that's right. Dirt mile. Yeah. So, no, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I think it just, it's a case-by-case basis. Now, you know, I will about you know Hog Creek Hustle. Just in full disclosure, I I'm good, very good friends with the owner, um, and I actually, you know, Brandon can attest to this. I've this is you know almost par for the course for me. After this horse was purchased for 150 thousand in the Keeneland September yearling sale in 2017, she calls me or texts me or whatever. She texts me actually. I've got the text bill, and she offered me. It's either five or ten percent of the horse, and oh. I turn it down. Probably. Oh man! Yeah, where I'd be talking about that right now. Um, so, so, I'm, <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm I'm close to the owner of this horse, and I uh, and I and they, you know, so I know a little bit. You know, I have some inside information. But I don't. I have not talked to her about this particular race yet. Anyway, um, but you know, like like I said, I think this horse is. Um, the most honest horse in the race in terms of you know firing his shot pretty much every time he runs um, you know beyond that I mean you know going going back to home base you know, my note uh, Alan on this race um, was just two words Miller factor and yeah so you know CZ rocket right I mean right <laughs> we he, he, he he moves them We're up. We're dancing around, um, aren't we? We're dancing around. He, <laughs> he, he, he moves them up off the claim. So you've got, you, you, you gotta, you have to be, you always have to be aware of that. And uh, the, uh, the number five, uh, Dabo, or um, Dab- Dabo, Dabo, he's entered tomorrow. I think he's gonna probably gonna go tomorrow. Oh, is race, he? If I had to guess, yeah. So That's a pure synthetic horse. Yeah, so I think he and he's going tomorrow in a sprint race. I think I just looked at it very briefly earlier before we got on the on the air tonight. Uh, but that's the only thing I would add. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he would fit better at that sprint for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, let's go to the featured race on the Friday card. It's the Clark Handicap, uh, one of my favorite races. I love I love this race. Usually get some uh, really nice handicap horses in here in the past it's been won by, by stars such as times they tie seeking the seeking the soul 
Gunrunner, FNX, We'll Take Charge, Shackelford, Wise Dan, Blaine. I mean, this is a who's who of racing in the last 10 or 15 years. You go back to St. Liam won the race, Surfside, the Philly for D. Wayne Lucas, Silver Charm won it, Concerto. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. This has been a, it's been a fantastic race over the years. And this edition is no different. Uh, their morning line favorite is Code of Honor, uh, the three horse, three to one on the morning line for Shug McGahee. Horse ran a terrific race, finishing second behind Complexity last time in the Kelso at Belmont, a one-turn mile. I don't think uh, we, we can pigeon this hole as a, as a one-turn miler at all. I and mean, He won the Travers last year. He won the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Uh, he won the, the Dwyer last year at a mile. This year hasn't gone to plan, part, partially because of the, the pandemic. I think he got a late start. But uh, uh, this horse is going to be formidable. Uh, Will, let's, uh, let's start with you. Uh, 14 horses in the Clark with one also eligible. Where are you going here? Yeah. Um, and one of the things is the Clark still a handicap or is it just a stakes race now? I was uh, wondering, stakes. I, I call it a handicap. Yeah. It's, it's a stakes. I, I still call it the Clark handicap, but yeah. it, I don't, it's not a true handicap anymore. Yeah. Um, it sounds better. Right. It does. Um, but yeah, great intro. And, um, and Code of Honor, um, I think is probably the horse to beat here. And, you know, let's let's go back to the previous race. Let's talk about it again. Now we we have identified the horse that we are trying to the vulnerable favorite that we think that we're going to try to build equity in our ticket. So now that we've done that, it kind of, that kind of frees us up in the other races. That doesn't mean you go spread like crazy, but that does but that but that means now you don't have to play as offensively as you as you would. Um, in, uh, in the legs in other legs so now you can you free yourself up to play the horses that you like um, without regard to the odds if you will so i am going to use code of honor here i think he is the horse to beat um i think he's well meant uh, in this spot i'm also going to use uh in, in well and just to talk about him i mean he is uh, he's the class of the field and um and i think his running style is going to suit uh, this particular track and how it's been playing this meet um again that's still to be determined now that we've had some rain and you know um and, and that kind of thing but you know assuming that holds true i think he is the horse to beat other horses that i that i like that i'm going to use in this race um the number nine owendale uh, I, he has the right profile um, for this race. He's a closer. I think this horse. I think this race is going to be won by a horse that's coming off the pace, and I think he fits that profile. And um, and he's and he's very honest. He he always fires, and um, you've got the you've got the right connections, and I think he's going to be right there, and he can win this race. And then the other horse, the third horse I'm going to use in this leg is the 11 Coastal Defense. Oh yes, nice. Yes. <laughs> so if you if you're, it sounds like you all may be thinking like I'm thinking and looked at the trip he got in the last. Yes, race. yeah, yes, yeah. And um, he, I thought he was the best in that race. Um, and he just got an awful trip, probably not the best of rides. They're sticking with Joe with Talamo, um, who I think is you know a fine jockey, but I don't think he gave him the best ride in the last race. And I think if you asked him, he'd probably admit that. Um, and I think he was the best, best horse in the last race. And um, I think if he runs back to that form and improves even off of that, he can win this race. And I think he's probably 20 to 1. All right, Rob. Uh, who do you like in the Clark Stakes? Well, when I, I put him in order, Code of Honor was the one on the, my, my on top horse. And uh, other horses not mentioned. Would be Mr. Freeze, and I abbreviated Amax. So what, Aurelius Maximus. That the name of it? That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, those are the. So um, you know, like Will said, we've we we're singled down. You know, I was only going to use one or two horses in the previous race, so I could do some spreading here to multiple horses that I like and possibly catch a price here. But I could actually use five horses here. All right. Brandon. Well, uh, I think y'all are missing like the Eclipse Trainer of the Year. Who that's going to be? <laughs> uh, and uh, that's Maker? Uh, Brad Cox. Cox. Oh, yeah. Brad Cox. Gustavo Delgado. I, I don't know. <laughs> Brad Cox. 
Uh, he will take down this year's Clark. Owendale was the runner-up last year. And this horse is hard knocking. It's coming down the lane, and it will close and win. It's a guarantee, <laughs> or you get $50 from me. Mm. What's up, everybody <laughs> on the podcast? So I can see Owendale here, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, that that's my number one A, a play here. Big closer. Code of honor for sure. Um, then we're coming back and looking at uh, By My Standards. Uh, and those no, are really I, my three. I'm not going to go crazy here because I think it's pretty much one. It's going to be a match race. I don't really like Owendell's post position too much. Mr. Freeze did do a big effort, you know, Breeders' Cup mile. But uh, we're going to look to see, you know, and play a different angle without him on the ticket. Uh, I thought title ready would be kind of sneaky. Uh, could be in good form cutting back. Uh, th- that would be kind of my underlay as a seahorse. Hey, Will, I want to go back to you real quick. I, I got a couple questions yeah. for you. Is this a sequence that you would play? Yes, for sure. How many tickets will you play? Will you just play one caveman ticket or, or, or will you play several um, tickets? Well, the, the, uh, great question. And the, the, the honest answer is I don't know yet. Um, but probably what I'll do is go through what I, what I usually do um, in a sequence like this, where especially on a bigger day, I mean you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of attention on this on this uh, on this card and on this late pick five. Um, is I will you know go through and play. I'll put in I'll punch in the ticket um, with all the horses I've picked um, that I think are the likely winners of the race, and which which also includes you know throwing out um, potential favorites like looking at bikinis in the last race. And then I'll go back and look at it and I'll say, okay, who written that? And I'll try to, and so I'll put that, I'll batch that in and then I'll go back through and I'll really try to narrow it down and get, get a skinnier ticket and then bump the base bet up on that and play a larger ticket. So usually, yeah, I will play more than one ticket and I'll try to just go with my strongest opinions uh, one ticket, because look, when you're if you're if you um, if you're right on your opinions um, and you're playing aggressively and you're playing offensively, um, then you you really want to when you're when you're if, if you're right, you want to be right big, and you go ahead and you, you skinny up on your big opinions, and you you pump you bump that base bet up and you and you and you go for it. You take you take that swing, but that doesn't mean you're playing. You know. Uh, th- over you know a hundred two hundred dollar ticket even I mean that could be you know playing a two dollar pick five ticket that's only maybe you know fifty sixty seventy eighty dollars. All right, uh, Alan, let's uh, let's wrap up the Clark Stakes. Uh, uh, where did you land in the in the mile and eighth Clark? I'm similar to a lot of the folks here. I uh, I, I do believe it's code of a code of honor is the horse to beat here. Ordinarily, I'm not that big as big a fan of horse uh, of this horse as a lot of uh, as a lot of people are, but I think in this spot, code of honor fits. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. A lot of these horses were pointing for the Breeders' Cup as their ultimate goal for the year. Code of honor decided the Clark Handicap was his ultimate goal, and I trust Chuck McGahee uh, to do that. He bypassed the Breeders' Cup for this spot at Great a mile point. and eighth on the Churchill Dirt. So that's and you know his his running style is a little more. Uh, flexible than you think it is so you know the horse is good from a mile to mile and a quarter I think a mile and eight there'll be no problem it's John Velasquez on top of it who's been just big money for for a while so I think Code of Honor is the horse in this race that pointed to this spot so I think he's the one to beat I would also give a strong nod to Aurelius Maximus uh, because I don't I don't know if the horse is there to win this race just yet as a four-year-old, but I mean, he's been very impressive. Uh, the race at Churchill back in September was fantastic from the far outside, beat a really nice horse in Bodie Express. And that last, as we all saw in the race at uh, Keeneland in the Fayette, Aurelius Maximus kept coming and kept coming and damn near got Mr. Freeze. But something happened to this horse on the turn. He lost, he took a bad step or something happened where he lost a couple of lengths on the turn. I don't know why. But the horse overcame that and still almost won the race. Uh, so those would be the, the two that I use the most. I do think Code of Honor is the one to beat. As Will mentioned, I think Coastal Defense's last race, if you saw the last race, just talked about Aurelius Maximus, Coastal Defense had a pretty rough trip there too. 
again, it's 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 a big step up and to knock knock this one down. But I think as he as he mentioned, if you're going to spread, you got to use coastal defense as your as your bomb. I might even consider Crafty Daddy and Title Ready in that in that regard. Uh, uh, Brian Hernandez likes to bring Crafty Daddy up the rail. Maybe he could sneak out a trip from there too. But uh, I hate to leave out a horse like by my standards. I think Owendale has a big, big shot. Owendale's uh, uh, two of his defeats this year, I think, were because he was too close to the pace. This horse likes to come from out of it. And he passed a lot of horses at the, during the, at the Breeders' Cup mile, and a lot of horses didn't. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going Code of Honor, Aurelius Maximus, with a couple of nods to Owendale, I think, and maybe even Coastal Defense. All right, let's wrap up uh, this Friday card with a six furlong maiden special weight going six furlongs, fillies and mares. And the heavy favorite here is likely to be number seven, Silver Bella for Dan Pites and ridden by Corey Landry. This filly uh, came back with uh, high expectations last time. Uh, back in the winter at Oakland, the winter and spring, she finished second twice to two really nice fillies. And something happened. She, she was laid off for a little bit, comes back November 8th. Goes off four to five. Looks like she's just overmatching the field. And like she did in her first two starts, she finished second, beating half a length. Uh, she comes back fairly quickly, just 19 days. They're going to try to try to break the maiden here. The Phillies probably doing well if they're bringing her back that quick. But, Will, what do you do here in the last race? Uh, is this a single opportunity, or are you looking maybe to beat the, uh, the favorite? Uh, I'm going to spread here um, just because I don't trust um, – Silver Bella, um, there. I mean, it. Yeah, on paper, she looks like she's going to. She she towers over the field. She should win this race. There's just something that in my head that just makes me say I'm not I'm, I'm not trusting her. And um, for that reason, um, I'm going to spread a little bit, very just just a little bit. And and again, we I'm already over. We're already over our hurdle race, so we can do mm -hmm. that. Now, if I now on that skinny up ticket, um, I would actually probably play against her on the skinny ticket um, and just use the other two I'm going to use, which is the three and the nine, Atlanta and um, Favorite Sin. Atlanta uh, is basically a pure pedigree play. Um, the Spites Town um, out of an Indian Charlie mare, the Spites Town. Um, Stats for um, first-time starters are 16%, which is well, which is pretty pretty good, above average. Um, and you know, dirt sprints, Spice Town is 20% um, for dirt sprints on all of the starters. You know, over a thousand offspring um, has had some sneaky good works if you go back far enough. And you know, Wayne Mackey um, doesn't have a whole lot of starters but it seems like in the churchill fall meet wayne always comes in and um and throws in a bomb so um i'm going to use that horse uh well i think he's well bred i'm uh, no, sorry she's well bred and then on the seven a favorite sin um again we're looking at a, a horse that's got three turf races um but has run that last race was against very good company, Cat's Pajamas, Flabbergasted, Luck Money. Um, has had some time off um, and is, 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 a, is a well bred horse out of, uh, out of our, uh, yeah, out of On Fire Baby, um, who we all know was a great, um, was a great race mare. And by the way, the, see, this, this, this Philly favorite sin is a half sister to three tipsy chicks. Who won on Saturday? Who just won? Yeah, right. So, um, so I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use her as well. So three, um, what is it? Three, seven, and nine are who I'm going with there. All right, all right, Rob. Uh, so you've hit the first five legs of your pick six. <laughs> this is your fantasy pick six. You're, you're live to probably a couple million dollars. You get down to the last race, and and who do you want to be alive to? Uh, well, I'm going to be alive to the favorite server, Bella. I, I think she cures her, her second itis here and, and gets it done. Um, I, I like to look at speed figs, and if you look through the race at the speed figs, she is 
clearly the fastest horse on paper. So, you know, I, I would I would have a ticket single to her and maybe a, a second smaller ticket with my with like an A B style ticket where you're just trying to where you're uh, looking to play play some contrary opinions on another ticket and um maybe have uh my uh, I wrote I'm bad about writing abbreviations when I'm handicapping. I wrote MMG is that my main girl. My main girl. My other choice. My other choice in there. All right, Brandon. How many beers in are you tonight? <laughs> I had a couple of <laughs> flights, that's for sure. But man, great insight from these these well uh, well experienced handicappers. Will, I'm not with you on Atlanta. I think this horse needs a start. But 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 man, it's a it's a great it's one of your plays, man. I love it. So I, I really think and you know the a really cold jockey's Robbie Alvarado at Churchill. I'd like to see my main girl. So I'm going to spread here. My main girl, number one. Uh, no, no qualms about it. Silver Bella definitely towers on the field. So I'm definitely including. And, you know, I'm going outside. Favorite sin. Honestly, I might run this horse to be a single on an end of a pick six or pick five as a real skinny bet before I get to my bigger bets. Because Ian Wilkes always trains his horses a lot differently than a lot of a lot of folks and seeing this horse cut back to go six and changing surfaces it's really questionable but man it feels like he's got his spot i'm going to call tom jury in the morning i'm going to ask him exactly <laughs> what he thinks of favorite sin and to connect me with ian so that way i can break <laughs> down that uh big jackpot pick six on friday yeah right. you know i Part of it, one thing, one angle I have a hard time after Landeros's um, winter at Gulfstream Park. Yeah, I have the hardest time playing any horse he's on. It it was just such an atrocious over, over a hundred and something until he yeah had, he, next to la, the last day of the meet, right? Last race of the meet, I'm I think. Mistaken, passion factor, the horse that favorites that beat favorites in the second start. I think that's the horse that Lander, Landeros won on that horse. Right, right. He won a couple races at the very end of the meet, and I'm, and I'm just no, the winter passion factor there at, at Goldstream. I think Landeros rolled that horse. You might go back and look at that. If I'm not mistaken. It's that's a, kind of an interesting thing since he did not win anything all meet. So, all right, correct. Alan. I just, I'm looking at the PPs right now. Um, you're you're correct. It was the uh, he was he Rudy was said, I think. Uh, correct on uh, April 9th. Uh, right at the end of the meet. That was his winner. Yep. So is it my turn there, CC? Well, I was going to ask you: uh, Is there an off? Uh, is there a show parlay in the offing? Maybe stripping to looking at bikinis to <laughs> dare I say favorite sin? <laughs> I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> you could even throw my main girl in there, maybe possibly. But yeah, you could you could easily do that. I don't have to pay that much, but you know, it was my last kiss or my first kiss. Was it? Was it? That's right. Yes, my know? last. Yeah, we could do this all day long. I think. Uh, I, I, Will's pick of Atlanta I thought was pretty brave. I uh, hope he hits that Falcon thing. Um, did y'all catch that? Did y'all catch I, that? No. I, <laughs> Atlanta Falcons got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm an old man. I like puns. Uh, Silver Bell is the one to beat off the layoff. There's no question there. Uh, the last race, I think a lot of us needed her. She, uh, she hung. She hung. Would you maybe give her a little bit of a, um, you know, maybe a leeway because it's a first start. You, you have to include the horse, I suppose. It, it, as Will said earlier, this is not one of those favorites that I would be against going against. I mean, uh, this would be one that would have to be on my ticket. My main girl was highly touted last time. Uh, the problem is, one of the problems with her last race is she had the rail, could never get off the rail, and had a cold jockey, so to speak. The same uh, situation applies here thing is maybe she improved second off the layoff and uh, I would have to include her uh, it's it's still has the rail but it's a weaker field so I would include that and again as we've mentioned before favorites on the outside out of on fire baby uh, there was a massive massive improvement in that uh, turf race before the layoff those three horses are all really good horses uh, so I, I would be tempted to just use the one uh seven and the nine in case uh favorite sin has figured it out 
I wonder why they started this filly on the grass. You know, she awesome again. Yeah, you know, Austin again is mainly dirt. On fire, baby never raced on the turf that I yeah. remember. I don't. But I was know. wondering. Well, did maybe did they want to well, did they want to go on the turf at Churchill and Churchill well, cancel the turf, and then maybe uh, this is a prep for Gulfstream. On fire, baby's damn ornate. Racing on the turf. Okay. That's right. Yes. Yeah. She was a stakes so, winner on the turf. Kind of goes back to what Will was saying earlier. Is like, are these horses starting? With the intent to being on the dirt, or just they have nowhere else to go. I, I don't know, but this horse in that town is such a weak field that I would consider maybe using a horse. But Look, looks like know. ornate one of stakes at Kentucky Downs, maybe the Pleasant Temper Stakes. Correct. At eight five, yeah. So yeah, there, there's some turf in the pedigree for sure. So, yeah. all right, guys. Uh, I, before we cut out of here, anything else that uh, anybody wants to add? Oh, I'm going to bet a million. Uh, I'm about a thousand dollars on Rob's lock in the sixth race. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you don't you don't get that. We don't usually go that far out on a limb on this show. But Rob Rob started off with a bang, so it was it's shipping for me, man. I gotta I gotta load up. Yeah, he's get completely your, sober. Too. That's right. <laughs> Sparkling water. <laughs> hey, if you're at the track Friday, I'll see you. If you plan on coming out and and watching the races for the day. Hopefully, we get some good yeah. weather and. Hopefully our filly will be on Sunday. Uh, Rob, which which filly is running Sunday again? It's uh, what was the name? Ambitiously placed. Ambitiously placed. Okay, all right. We're trying. Uh, I think it. I think they're drawing for tomorrow. Oh, I got to look at that. Yes, they will. They will. Is she okay. is she running to her name? Uh, <laughs> so far. <laughs> all right, Rob. So awesome you're gonna be stuff. out. You're gonna be out on Friday. Friday for sure, and then if we do get in Sunday, I'll be out Sunday for the race as well. Okay. Well, will, they, will, they have, will they have food and drink out, out there on, on Friday? Yeah, the procession stands are open on the second floor. You just can't. There's no, uh, There's no. Uh, the gold room is not open. You can't go in there to eat. Right. But you can get, okay, then I'll be out there Friday then. All right, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> will, you coming out uh, to the track this weekend, any? You know, I don't have plans yet, but um, – if the you know if the weather's nice and you guys are going to be out there, then that's pretty tempting. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. All right, Brandon, can, I, Brandon, can I borrow a hundred dollars? I'll give you <laughs> anything you want, man. I just want to get out of this quarantine I've been in. So Saturday, I'm allowed to come out. Uh, we're negative here, so everything is good. But doing the right things, and I got the uh, the the game warden upstairs. She won't let me out. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, I guess I, she's not a little listener. A great, a great podcast tonight. I, man, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Friday's card, and you know, even Saturday's too. Uh, you know, stars of tomorrow. So, hopefully, we can get a ticket out there, put it out on Twitter and some of Facebook, so some of our fans can see, you know, how we're going to bet in uh, Friday and Saturday. Sounds great. All right, guys. So, on behalf of Will. Nefsker, Rob Benefield, Brandon Jaggers, and Alan Schneider. This is CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.